Welcome to a very special edition of Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage. On December 14th, we had the pleasure of interviewing guitar great Nick Colion. Unfortunately, just 18 days later, on January 1st, Nick unexpectedly passed away. When Nick passed away, we lost a great musician. We lost an even greater person. Nick had a legacy of championing children. He was a giver, and he was a person who just made this world a better place. As you listen to this episode, know that Nick left us all with a piece of him in the wonderful music that he's created over the decades. So every time you listen to a Nick Coleon song, think about the heart of the man that made that music. If you're a praying person, pray for his family, pray for his friends, know that his music lives on. And we were honored to be the last interview that Nick did on this earth, but I'm certain that Nick is up in heaven playing great music and championing children and people. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage, the show that gives you a chance to hang with today's top contemporary jazz artists. I'm your host, Carl Brown. Hey, thank you for joining us today and welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, today's guest is is one of the most successful artists in contemporary jazz. He's been playing music since he was a, a little boy, and his first major release hit the scene in 1994. He released his 11th album, Finger Painting, in 2020 and holds the distinction of being the only artist in smooth jazz history to have five consecutive Billboard number one hits from the same album. Those came from his 2016 release, The Journey. He's a fixture on smooth jazz radio and the smooth jazz touring scene. And he is also undoubtedly the best dressed man in all of music. Please welcome to the show the man that some call the godfather, another call others call Uncle Nick, Mr. Nick Colleone. Nick, welcome to the show, man. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate you having me on. Oh, man, we're excited about having you on. So I got to tell you, man, I've seen you play multiple times. I've been to your shows several times. And, you know, I've seen you walking around hotel lobbies at different events. And like I said before, you are always the best dressed person in the room. I, I <laughs> I got to believe you probably got a separate wing in your house for outfit. Uh, that, that's a whole wing. <laughs> <laughs> but the closet, the closets are filled to the, filled to the brim. Yeah. Closets upstairs in the closet in the basement. So, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I hope they have some new stuff to it. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go. How did that become a part of your, is that just, is that just who Nick is as a person or is that part of your, was that, you know, something you said, well, you're part of my stage thing. I want my music to be great. I want my outfits to be great. What's, how did that come about? Well, it's kind of a part of who I am, you know, where okay. I came up. Grew up uh, and then uh, my late manager, Carol Ray, you know, she always would say, I want you to be a class act. You know, I yeah. don't want you going looking like just, you know, we're digging ditches and stuff. Uh-huh. You know, I want you, want you to look the part, you know, so. That's cool. That's cool. So I have to say one of the things that I love about your music is that one of your releases really takes the listeners on a journey, if you will. I mean, some of your songs are upbeat. Some songs are more mellow. Some are bluesy. Some are funky. Some are jazzy. How do you go about, I mean, that's not easy to do. 
how do you go about making that happen on, on uh, all the all the time? I generally just play from the heart, and whatever comes out, that's what comes out. So um, I had sometimes I have to reach inside myself, and say, "Well, you know, I want to do this," you know, or, or you know, and it's mostly on how I feel. Uh huh. My thing is just let it do what it do, and yeah, then, yeah, then I do something with it. Okay, <laughs> you know? okay, okay, okay. So, what would you say? How talk to us a little bit about your process for making music, like it. It, it sounds like for you, it's really organic and it, you know, it comes to be, you know, comes being based on where you are at a point in time. Is that true? Or is there, is there other parts of the process that, that are important? No, because I'm not a person who can uh, just come down here and sit down and say, well, I'm going to write a song today. Uh-huh. You know, it has to be, you know, some motivating because if I could do that, I'd probably wrote a thousand songs through COVID. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I came down a lot of times and turned on all the equipment. See, I'm going to write a song today. And by the time everything came on, I turned it back off. I was like, no, I'm not writing a song today. Okay, okay. But, you know, different things and, you know, in my life happen. And, or I'm just outside, you know, and things that hit me, you know. Yeah. Like, it's all about feeling with me, you know, Uh because I basically play from the heart. Whatever comes out, my heart. Because I feel like if I play from the heart, I'll touch somebody's heart, and and that's better than touching the ears. Because if you go yeah. in one ear, the other one. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, so. that's cool. That's a good way of thinking about it, and that's really, I think, important way of thinking about it. Because then you're making your music is really making a connection with people, right? And right. When it when it makes that connection, it becomes it becomes more than a song, actually. You know. Yeah, a song should be a feeling. You know. Yeah. You know, it should be a feeling, you know, that you don't have to, like, dissect it, listening to it. It should make you feel something. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. So I, I mentioned having seen you on, on on stage multiple times. You have this way of working the stage and working the crowd where it's everybody's having a great time. There's You're humorous. You're playing your music. You're having conversation. Like how how do you go about putting together your live shows? Because I don't I, I don't think those just happen. There's a lot of work that goes behind those shows. Well, there's there's a lot of work going to uh, you know putting the show together. You know with the music. Then mostly everything else that I say that sounds silly or whatever is spontaneous. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> you know because I just say whatever comes to my mind. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Even shocks my band members sometimes. They, <laughs> they, they be like. I can't believe he just said that. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool, though. And that, you know, but that's cool because that's that's natural, man. And, you know, people feel that, you know, like I, I mean, I like I said, I mean, I remember being at, at one of your shows in at Country Club Hills uh, in Chicago area. Mm. And you were having a great right. time on stage. And I remember I remember laughing hard at that show, but enjoying the music all the way around as well. I. I remember that well. And that ma- that makes a big difference for people, man, you know? Yeah. You know, I come on stage to have fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my man is like, okay, people, I'm coming out here to have fun. If you don't want to have fun, I'm the wrong guy. <laughs> yeah. 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 Now, do you, would you say you prefer performing on stage to working in the studio or are they, do they serve different parts of who you are? Prefer being on the stage a hundred percent more than I like being in the studio. Okay, okay. Because you know, on stage, you know, you're just letting it rip. Yeah. But in the studio, you know, you have 
conscious of what you're doing, you know, and, you know, trying to make a song that's going to be good, you know, and it's like, oh, man, you know, it gets real tedious, you know, because when I'm recording, I may play the guitar on one song 40 or 50 times only to go back to use the first track that I did. Okay, you know? okay. Because every track after the first one, you actually trying to outdo yourself. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, generally the first track is always the best one. Okay, okay. So your newest release is Finger Painting. How did that? And that's a you know it's a you know how did that that album come to be? But also that that title. How did that title come to be? Well, you know, I see music in colors. You okay, know? and uh, feel like. When you create music, you know you paint the picture. Yeah, you know, you know you paint the picture for people to see. So I figured I'm painting the picture with my fingers. So yeah, yeah, finger painting. That's cool. You know, I I had Candace Springs on the show uh, not that long ago, and she said the same thing that you said that she sees music in color as well. Yeah. You yeah. Know? You know, you see, uh, you know, you see the warm colors and you see the harsh colors, and uh-huh. and that's how I kind of look at it. You know, it's like, you know, like I said, I'm I'm trying to paint that picture so you can see, you know, what I'm talking about. You know, mm-hmm. because you know, uh, in playing music, you know, especially instrumental music, yeah, I'm trying to uh, let you hear the lyrics inside of the, you know, instrumentation. Mm-hmm. but also make you see the picture of what I'm seeing, you know, yeah. in the song, as the song evolves. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. Well, let's take a listen to some of your, some of your music here. Let's, let's uh, listen to a song from the critically acclaimed release, The Journey. This is Uncle Nick.
All right, everybody. We just heard Uncle Nick by our guest today, Nick Colion. So I read that you were a school teacher and a coach before becoming a full-time musician. Is that correct? No, I was a full-time musician since I was 14. Okay, okay. <laughs> but I was not actually a school teacher. I was a mentor at the school for over 20 years. Okay. And uh, they wanted me to be a teacher there, but, you know, I felt that was always you know, it would be unfair to the kids because I travel so much. Yeah. And I can't be there all the time. So I just don't, you know, I just donate my time to go up there. You know, and I like hanging out with kids. Yeah. And uh, trying to teach them what I know, you know, and uh, try to help guide them, you know, through their life, you know, because it's not all about music. So, you know, yeah. when I'm there, I'm chaperoning field trips and okay. all kinds of stuff. Okay. And that ain't an easy job. Uh, but. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> How often do you get a chance to, to, to work with, with young people like that these days? Well, I was going every week. Uh-huh. And, uh, but this year, you know, after COVID, yeah. the school that I was actually mentoring, they closed the school. So now, I'm, you know, I'm going to another school probably next year. You okay. know, you know with, with this COVID stuff, it's been really rough, you know, so... It has. How how did how did COVID impact you and your life and your your craft? Well, it's funny, you know, just before COVID I just came off my last trip overseas and I was gonna have four weeks off and I was so happy. I was like, Man, uh-huh. I got four weeks off. I can chill and rest. And then yeah. COVID next thing I know I had a year, almost two years off. I was like, Whoa, I yeah. didn't mean that. I just yeah. went before. <laughs> but uh I got a chance to do a lot of soul searching and uh, uh-huh. get closer to the creator. Yeah. And uh, I found out an interesting thing after all that sitting around that uh, on my first gig out, I thought I could jump out on the stage and run around like a crazy man like I was when I stopped. Uh-huh. Found out, hey, you got to work back up to that. You're yeah. Like I said, I came down, you know, I would practice. Sometimes I wouldn't even practice. I come down to practice and I'm like, what am I practicing for? I'm not going nowhere. Uh-huh, <laughs> you know? uh-huh. But, uh, and basically just, you know, sitting out in the backyard every day. Yeah. Like, oh, boy. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, and in my, you know, every week we was like, it'll probably open up next month. Uh-huh. <laughs> it didn't. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Are you seeing things picking back up for you? I mean, I know COVID is still with us, uh, but are you starting to see um, tour dates materializing more? And how are things looking going forward? I was still busy from March until like Thanksgiving. You know? Okay, things were you know were, were back in the groove more so, but a lot of places, even though there are a couple of clubs that I play at, and. Uh, you know, then they'd have to cut down to, you know, 50% capacity. Yeah. So instead of me doing one show, I had to do two, <laughs> you know. So, mm-hmm. But uh, things are opening up, you know, and hopefully they'll keep opening up if people, you know, do what they're supposed to do. Yeah. You know, to keep themselves and the rest of us safe. Absolutely. Know? Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, had, it's had such an impact on everybody in every industry, but particularly the music industry. And I don't know that people really understand how it completely sidelined, you know, artists who, I mean, a big part of their career is their ability to tour and get in front of fans. And it sidelined that took it off the table for a long time. Right. 
Yeah. So, so, so tell me what it was like the first time you heard one of your songs on the radio, man. Well, that's a feeling you never forget, uh-huh. you know? And to be honest with you, I just about have that same feeling every time I hear one of my songs on that's the radio. That's cool. You know, it's, you know, because, you know, the radio will be down really low and I'll hear it in the background. I'm like, whoa, that's me. Uh huh. Uh huh. And I'll get that same silly smile on my face every time. That's <laughs> cool, know? though. So you it know? never gets old. It don't get, it don't get old at all, you know. And thing is, you know, you hear it. And the only thing I can say is thank you, God. If you know, I'm still. Yeah. Yeah. Still letting me, you know, you're still letting the masses hear me. Yeah. You know? so, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's a that's a special thing, and that's great to hear that it doesn't get old for you. That that means you know certainly you 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 uh, you appreciate it still, which is a cool thing for someone who's had all the success that you've had. I appreciate it, but sometimes my stuff will be on, and I don't even recognize it. Okay, 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 okay. It <laughs> we is... were in the airport, and uh, one of my band members, you know how the stuff is playing over the speakers. And uh-huh. One of my band is, hey, ain't that you? And I was like. Stop, I'm like, nah, that ain't me. <laughs> like, yes, it is. So I stopped again. I was like, yeah, that is me. And he's like, what's the name of that song? I was like, I don't know. Let me, let me look, you know. Well, I, I go- mean, you've been doing it for a long time, and so how how many how do you have any guess as to how many songs you have created over this career? A lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because it's funny. People will holler out songs to, from the audience and. My thought is, I right, just answered. Who made that? <laughs> oh, I did. <laughs> when? <laughs> no. So, uh, in addition to what it was like hearing your, your 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 music on the radio for the first time, what was it like the first time you got a big check for being a musician? What was that like, and what did you do with that first big check? Well, I didn't frame it. First time I, you know, would say I got some real money playing. I mean, like, you know, now. And I was like, wow, I couldn't believe it. Man, you know, I told my agent, I was like, hey, man, I can't believe I'm getting this. Uh-huh. But he's like, yeah. He's like, just make sure you give me my 10%. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, you know, that's a good feeling. And, uh, you know, like I said, what I did with the first one was like pay off some of the bills right yeah you know? yeah yeah, you know, yeah. Then i try to get, i try to give money to charities every month you that's know? cool that's the thing for me you know i got my charities that i write checks for and that's awesome do that every month you know yeah and, uh, i know you you i know you support um breast cancer um right. awareness as well I, I read about you so yeah that's pretty cool what are, what are some of the other things that are close to your heart St. Jude's Hospital. Yeah, you know? okay. Because, you know, they don't charge people for bringing their kids there, you know, and and I don't like, I don't want to see no kids suffer ever. Yeah, you know? yeah. That I don't want to see. And wounded warriors, you know, I try to send them some money and feed the children, both definitely. And in Illinois, you know, where I live at, Illinois Food Bank. Okay. You know, and it's, I must get a hundred of them things a day in the mail. Uh-huh. I'm like, didn't I get y'all some money last week? <laughs> <laughs> Another thing now. So. But you know, it's interesting. It's cool to learn things like that because like, that's not, you know, obviously 
it's clearly a big part of who you are and something that drives you. And I think it's also important for fans to know and understand that, that you're giving back like that. And it seems certainly like young people have a special place in your heart. All the time. You know, yeah. I, I used to tell the kids this at school, I'll come near them to steal their youth away so I can stay young. <laughs> <laughs> That's wise on your end. But I tell you what, man, that, you know, it makes such a big difference for young people. We were, I, was, I was just talking to someone the other day and I was making a comment that I believe that most young people are inherently good and that, you know, if mm-hmm. they get a chance to see possibilities, then that can change their life. You know, like, you know, I was one of those kids many, many years ago, I got exposed to things that I didn't know I was going to get exposed to. And it, it totally changed my life for the better, you know, and because I had people in my life like you who were saying, you know what, I'm going to pour some time back into, back into these young kids and not just, just because it was something that, that was important to them. You know, that's a uh, very important to me, you know, and I, I talk to guys a lot, you know, I mean, you know, guys my age or, you know, a little younger, and I tell them, you know, it's nothing like working with kids. The feeling that you get knowing that you've given something back yeah. to them. Yeah. To, uh, you know, to help them in life, you know, because people think kids have to make, you know, kids have a lot of struggles. They really you know? do. They have a lot of struggles, you know, they have struggles with their peers. You don't know what their home life is mm-hmm. like, you know. And, uh, you know, because I've been surprised a few times to find out that, you know, kids' home life wasn't that good. And, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, before I stopped doing this school, there's a little girl I used to see all the time coming to school, and then all of a sudden I didn't see her no more. And that's uh-huh. uh, one of the teachers. I was like, what happened? I don't see her I mean, when I come here. Oh, she don't have a coat, you know, and it's really cold outside. Oh, wow. You know? So I went to the school. And bought a coat and some gloves and a hat and yeah. brought it back to the school, you know. Yeah. Because, you know, education is very important. I don't want you to have to miss because you don't have a coat. It's right. too cold. Right. You know? Right. Man, that's so cool, though. I mean, I, I, you know, like, see, we, I'm, I'm so glad you're sharing this because our listeners and, 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 and fans, we see you as this musician, but. I mean, you're clearly using your gift to to make lives better. Like we we get it by sitting at home and listening to it, or listening to the car, or going to a show, and getting a smile put on our face. But you're using your gift to to make lives better, man, and that's a really cool thing. Well, you know, I think that's you know should be everybody's mission is to yes. make some life better. Yes. You know? Yes. Yes. Someone else. Yeah. I tell you, yeah. that's how our that's how our Fresh Coast Jazz Festival came into being. I I lost my dad to cancer, and one of the very last conversations he had with me before he passed away was he told me he said, "Son, always remember to think of others more highly than yourself." You know, and yep. so we started our jazz festival, and the proceeds go to provide scholarships for for kids who want to go to college, and to provide um, we donate money to area public schools to help them keep their music programs alive, and. You're right. There's nothing better than being able to, to, to see a young person who's been able to benefit by, you know, by somebody reaching back and saying, you know what, you deserve a chance. So let me help you out a little bit. Right. You know, I uh, I think one of the proudest moments for me is when I first started mentoring at, at the school, I uh, met a kid. He was eight years old. Mm-hmm. Told me he, was, he could play the guitar and uh-huh. he could play 
he could play a couple of notes. Uh-huh. But uh, me and him became very close. You know, every time I came to school, you know, he'd be running like he was my son. Or <laughs> you know? And uh, he told me one time, you know, he was in like six or seven grades. He's like, you know what I want to do? I was like, what? He's like, I want to grow up and go on the road with you. Oh, man. And I was like, okay. And, you know, and I smiled, you know, and he went to high school and he and I stayed extremely tight. Yeah. Then he went to college on a guitar scholarship. No kidding. And then uh, a couple of summers he worked with me, you know, as a, because he took up sound engineering in school. So he worked with me. Okay. Just reaching for two summers. And then when he was getting ready to graduate, he called me up and he said, okay, Nick, uh, you know, I graduate next week. I was like, yeah, I know. I'm coming to your graduation party. He's like, okay, so now I can work for you full time. Uh-huh. And I'm like, no, you can't because I'm not hiring. I got too many <laughs> people to pay now. <laughs> so he sounded all sad and everything. And uh, about a half hour later, my manager called me and said, yeah, I just hired Chris. I was like, what? <laughs> I wasn't hiring nobody. <laughs> you know? uh-huh. He came out on the road with me for seven years. He no just stopped kidding. a year and a half ago, you know, because when he had a baby, his wife had the baby. Uh-huh. And he served as my road manager for seven years. And, uh, no and I would give him a hard time, and then I would say, be careful what you wish for. Yeah, 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 yeah. Out of here. And I'm going to run you to death. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. But, uh, you know, it was good. You know, it was somebody I trusted. And, yeah. You know, but you know, the thing was, once he started working for me full time as a road man, he started thinking he was my father, you know, trying uh-huh. to tell me when to go to bed and all that kind of, man, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but that's they an amazing to- story, though, man. That's an amazing story. Cause- it got to the point where other artists, they would be, you know, Cause he'd walk up, man. I'd be talking to cats, and he'd walk up and say, "Hey, don't you think you need to go to bed? We got an early flight." Uh huh. And the other artist was like, "Your daddy said it's time to go to bed." Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man! But it, it yeah. sounds like to me that came from a place of love and caring, you know? Oh yeah, yeah. And that's a that's an amazing thing, man. That's an amazing thing. So, describe to us what it's like for you when you're feeling like you are in the zone music, what does that feel like? And how does that play out? Well, that's, that's, you know, you, I mean, if you watch me, you know, you can kind of tell when I feel like I'm in the zone because I can't uh-huh. stop. Laughing, yeah. You know, cause I, I, I I'm talking to myself the whole time I'm playing uh-huh. and laughing. And sometimes it just feels like you can do no wrong. Any note you play is great. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I'm telling myself, man, that was a cool note. And I'll just crack up laughing, <laughs> you know, and it's like, and then I'll tell myself, I bet I can't do it again. Then I'll do it again. I'm like, oh, yeah, I can do it again, you know. Uh-huh. Making jokes with myself, you know. So, but it's a, it's a strange feeling. You just feel this thing, you know, and I, I always say, you know, I know when God is saying, hey, let it loose. You yeah, know? yeah. Go and me, you know, let go and let me do it. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And I let him, you know, because I feel like I'm a messenger, you know, I'm, I'm trying to spread good cheer, you know, yeah. I think my job, I think that's what God put me here for, you know, so I can make people feel better, 
when they left than when they came. Excuse me. Yeah. Know? Well, you certainly accomplished that, man. And there are so many songs from your catalog that I love, but I have to think, you know, you were certainly in the zone when you were making this next song that we're going to feature. This is really probably, again, one my favorite song of yours. And you talked about music making you feel something. Whenever I hear this song, I think about my wife and in a very, and it's a good thing. And that song is When You Love Somebody. So we're going to listen to When You Love Somebody by Nick Coleon. All right.
right. We just heard Nick Coleone with When You Love Somebody. And I mean, this was a song that did well for you, like a lot of your songs, but it was kind of a different side of you musically. Like for me, when I first heard that, I was like, wow, this is something else. Like how did, how did that song come about, man? You know, James and I, James Lord, Piece of Dream. Yeah. Working, we were working on that song. And during that time, uh, my manager, Carol, had had a stroke. Okay. She, uh, you know, was paralyzed and stuff. And I was, you know, back and forth, back and forth. You know, yeah. Hospital, there and there. And uh, the song didn't have a name. It was called Groove 3. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, okay. I went to see her one day, and uh, we had just finished recording that song, and I let her hear it. And actually, that was the only song she heard from that album. Wow. And uh, I played it for her. And she was laying there, and the tears came out of her eyes. And she Aww. looked at me and said, she said, that's the number one song. Yeah, yeah. And she passed away not long after that which hurt me to my heart. And that's when I named the song, When You Love Somebody. Wow. You know, know, that's amazing, man, because like I, you know, it's see, I I think that music has such a way of connecting with people, you know. I would have never thought that that was the story behind that, right? But you feel like somebody like me who feels it, and I feel it in a different way, you know, than how you felt it you know, and how she felt, mm-hmm. right? But right. it carry it's that legacy carrying itself on, you know, which is a cool thing about music. And the, the first time I played this song live festival in Harrisburg, and uh, I was trying, you know, to, to look clever. Uh-huh. You know, the tears were rolling down my face. Yeah. She on my mind. Yeah. And uh, a little boy who was uh, with one of the production people, he came up to me after the show. He's like, why were you crying when you were playing? I was like, yeah. I wasn't crying. That was sweat. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right, though, man. Let, let, let those feelings be, man. That's what makes you authentic. That's why people, I think, one of the reasons why people connect with you and your music and your live show so much. So that's all right. Nothing wrong with that at all. So, so we do this segment on every show, Nick. We call it Bout It or Doubt It, okay? So okay. if you're about it, is something that you like. If you're, if you doubt it, it's something that you're not quite feeling. Are you interested in playing? Okay, let's let's play the game. All right, cool. I started this body body. If you body, get him up. Get em up. I mean, you body body. I mean, you body. We say you body body. I represent. I doubt it. All right. So what we do is we will spin we'll spin our wheel and we'll get you a category and we'll ask you a couple of about it or doubt it questions, okay? Okay, sounds good. All right, cool. Let's spin the wheel. All right. So our about it your about it or doubt it category today, Nick, is cribs, okay? So mm-hmm. Okay. About it or doubt it. Custom built home. Yeah, I doubt it. <laughs> you doubt it? Okay, 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 okay. Not your thing, huh? Well, I can't really say, but I had this house built. I guess I'm about it. <laughs> okay, oh, you did. Okay, 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 okay. So, and did you do it the way you, did you do it? Did you say, I'm going all in, I'm getting everything the way I want it? Or did you, uh, you know, how did that process oh, go? I went into it saying, this is my chance to get a house the way I want it. Yeah. Nobody lived in it before. I can have it the way I want it. 
And that's what I did. I was like, I'm going to be a broke brother, but this house is going to be exactly the way I want it. That is cool. That is cool. You know, it's funny. I, I did that. I did that about five or six years ago myself. And I really appreciated that we did that when COVID hit because oh, yeah. I, we were forced to be at home and I felt like, okay, well, you know what? We got everything we need and want right here. We're good. You know? So I did this one going on six years and uh, it's funny before COVID hit, I was saying, why did I get this big old house? You uh-huh. Know? And then after COVID hit and I was in the house for three months, I was like, man, I need a bigger house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so is there another build in your future, man? Uh, I don't know. You know, I, I, I love this place, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's like, it's got everything I need, and, you know, the way I want it. And Good. Nobody lives behind me and nobody can live behind me. Nothing okay. Behind me but the horse, you know. Yeah. That's the animal. It's so crazy, but uh-huh. <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. That's all right though, man. Good you know, you work hard. It's it's great to be able to enjoy the fruit of your labor that way, you know? All right, right let's let's do one more. Bout it or doubt it. Backyard swimming pool. I'm about it, but I can't have one. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay. You said yeah. you live in Illinois, right? Right. So Well, the reason I can have one is because I don't want to pay all them taxes. If, if I feel you know, okay. and around here, around here, you can't, uh, where I live at, you can't have a, a on over the ground pool. Okay. You have to have a, you know, in ground pool. Then they're going to tax you like I don't know what. Really? You know? Okay. Okay. Anything that's stationed, you're going to get taxed. Okay. You know? Okay. Okay. So, yeah, I understand. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a big swimming pool person myself, but, you know, my wife saying that's the things that she'd like to have if we do this again i don't have any i have no intentions of doing it again though yeah. that's so, where they have park district and ymca and hotels exactly right <laughs> exactly right no doubt about it man so so what is playing in your ride right now what are you listening to um i listen to a lot of old jazz stuff okay you know, you know uh west montgomery and yeah well you know i go back charlie parker that's the stuff oh, yeah. i listen to. Okay. 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 And do you, are there, would you say those folks are, are some of the key influences of your career on your career and your music or? Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, Wes Montgomery is my all time hero. Uh (laughs) So when I first said I wanted to play the guitar, my mom and my stepdad, you know, they were big Wes Montgomery fans. Okay. Okay. They would be like, on the weekends, they pull out the records and they see this how you want to play. This yeah. how you want, you know, you want to play like West Montgomery. Then my stepfather went, "No, you want to play like Kenny Burrell." Okay, West Montgomery. Then one day I walked in the house and said, "I'm going to play like Jimmy Hendrix." And my mother was like, "Don't nobody want to hear all that noise, boy." <laughs> <laughs> so. You know, so you're you're one of the like I mean you're you're a fixture like I said earlier on the smooth jazz scene and you've collaborated with other artists I know and mm-hmm. are there are there folks out there that you're like man I haven't worked with them yet but I really really want to do something with them. You know I'd like to do something with some of the R and B people like Mary J Blige you know and yeah. Lynn Meyer my style and try to blend it with hers and I play along with her records sometimes. Okay. 
yo, Mary J, we could do something here, girl. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> that would be cool. That would be a collaboration. That would mm-hmm. be a cool collaboration. Of the of the folks that you have collaborated uh, with, though, in the smooth jazz industry, any any good funny stories from those collaborations? Oh, me and uh, the first time me and Chris Big Dog Davis worked together. Uh huh. You know, I met Chris on the on the cruise. You know, I I knew of him. Yeah, I had no idea. And uh, it's funny because I asked Gerald Albright. I was like, "What do you think? You know, me and Chris." could do together. He's like, man, I think y'all would be great together, right? Uh-huh. So I talked to him, and he's like, yeah, cool. So I told him, I want to do this remake. We were on the phone when we got back. I was like, I'm going to do a remake of Born Again. He's like, really? I was like, yeah. So the same day, he, he put it together and sent the track. And then I went to Connecticut to record the, the guitar and the vocal. Okay. And I, and I was going to, you know, Mesa was going to do the uh, female part. Oh, great. I was in the uh, in the vocal booth, and so while the track was playing, I was just talking and you know, just being silly to talking. So when I came out to listen to the playback, I heard the talking. All right, man, you recorded that. He was like, "Yeah, we keeping that." I was like, "No, <laughs> man." <laughs> oh, you know, he got that deep voice. Like, no, Nicole, we keep it. <laughs> All right, so that was fun. Yeah. Then I was in James Lois. I went to uh, Ohio to do some stuff with James. Uh-huh. We were trying to get back to the studio, and his car stopped in the middle of the street in Uh-oh. the snows. And I'm like, hey, man. <laughs> <You know. laughs> He's like, we might have to push it to the side. I'm like, we? <laughs> we, we? Ain't my car. <laughs> You're going to get out and wait, huh? <laughs> yeah. I'll steer. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. There you go. <laughs> oh, that's cool, man. That's cool. Well, it sounds like, man, you have a good time no matter what you're doing, which is cool. Man, I try to enjoy life, you know. Yeah. And have, you know, there's uh, you know, the little kids around my house. That's the only good thing. Sometimes a good thing when it's cold. Because I like to, you know, sometimes I like to just sit in my garage and I have the door look out on the street. Uh-huh. But then kids start coming in my garage, just, just getting chairs and sitting with, you know, like uh-huh. I invite <laughs> then they want to talk okay uh-huh that's so cool though, man school, yeah you know i have trees for them like during school i ask them you know if i'm out in the morning i'm like going to school yeah so like uh get yourself a gate aid so you'd be right that's cool you know, they come back i'm like how's school look all today they learn real fast so kid told me, like, it wasn't too good today. I'm like, oh, no trees for you then, Doc. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, I tell you, man, that's that's a great thing. It's not, you know, I was, somebody said to me, I don't remember who said it, but years and years ago, somebody said that, you know, kids, if you watch kids gravitate towards, that tells you a lot about an individual. Because kids have yeah. a, kids have a, a, kids are way more intuitive than we give them credit for being, right? Right. And I think t- kids tend to gravitate towards people who are who are good at their core, you know? Right. So, you know, my great grandfather used to say, if a kid don't like him and a dog don't like him, watch out for him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. And that's a really good point, though. That's a really, really good point. You know, I have a I have a friend who to a lot of people, he comes off as being um, maybe a little bit gruff. But kids mm-hmm. have always loved him, you know, 
And as I got to know him more and more over the years, one of the things I realized was that that's not what he really is, you know, but I mm-hmm. seeing kids always gravitate towards him made me understand that, yeah, that's not who he is. Kids know better than I knew better than I knew. Yeah. I had a, a guy who was one of my best friends and uh, he's gone now, but he was like my surrogate father. Okay. And uh, we used to live in the same neighborhood. He's like, man, you like to pad pipe. Kids follow you anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's I'm a like, cool thing. That's a really cool thing. So tell us something else that fans would be surprised to learn about Nick Coleon. Nick Coleon go fishing a whole lot. You do? Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. That's my other passion, you know. That's uh-huh. how I keep my... Yeah, so are you? do you like do freshwater fishing, saltwater fishing, any kind of fishing? I do it all. Okay. You know, fishing, freshwater, saltwater, you know. And I buy a lot of fishing equipment. As my mother said, all they had to do is write it's on sale on it and you buy it. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. That's no, cool. Like, now do you, out there. do you go like do you go like like when you come off the road or something like that and you got some downtime, are you going on a fishing excursion or are you like going to like a lake or a river somewhere near near your crib just to get away on the afternoon? Uh not the afternoon. I'm out there at four thirty in the morning. Yeah. But Okay. But I'm trying to find the most remote river or lake. You know? Yeah, yeah. Because sometimes fishing in Lake Michigan, you know, did an excursion back in September. Okay. But uh, and then one time I really on on the capital capital uh, jazz cruise is uh, they put me in charge of the fishing excursion. Okay, cool. I, you know, fishing in St. Lucia, you know, with a lot of people. Wow, that was cool. But I I like, you know, I like that alone thing where I can be yeah. somewhere by myself in the woods. <laughs> okay, 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 cool. Do you do ice fishing as well, being an Illinois native? Uh, No. Yeah, yeah, okay, 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 okay. The African blood in me says, no cold. <laughs> I heard that, man. I heard that. I, I, I don't trust that ice either, though, you know? I don't trust yeah. that ice either. So what about okay? So is is fishing is a hobby? What about guilty pleasures? Yeah, guilty pleasures is, is Oreos and ice cream. That's okay. Okay. All right. All right. Now, do they make their way on tour with you? The Oreos and the ice cream. Oreos are on my contract rider. Okay. 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 <laughs> okay. So that has to yeah. happen. Oh yeah. That <laughs> and not double stuff. The oh, regular ones. The regular ones. <laughs> but, a purist. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's all I right, man. Her. That's you know. all right. Well, let's listen to some more of your music, man. Um, we're gonna listen now to um How Sweet It Is to Be Loved by You by Nick Coleon. All right. Thank you. 
We just heard today's guest, Nick Colion, with How Sweet It Is to Be Loved by You. So, Nick, I have a couple of questions I like to ask all of our guests. The first of those questions is, tell us your three favorite albums of all time. Three favorite albums. They don't have to be by me, Mm -mm. They don't have to be by you, but they can't be by you if you want them to be. (laughs) And they wouldn't be in my top three. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Tequila by Wes Montgomery. Okay. The Breezing album by George Benson. Oh, yeah. And then I would have to say my third would be The Temptations Live. Okay. All right. All right. What about that Temptations Live makes it one of your favorites? Oh, man, the way the music popping, you know, they, they're going fast, and I can just visualize them stepping, you know. Yeah. And they're killing that Temptations Live, that first live album. Wow. Yeah. That, that's something. See, I'm going to have to go dust that off and listen to it, man. L- listening to oh, yeah. you, the energy that you talk about, I got to go listen. To it. That's one of my favorite. That's one of my reasons for asking this question is because every time I ask this question, I get reintroduced to something that I get to go and enjoy myself. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a selfish <laughs> motivation here. Right. <laughs> so the other question I love to ask guests is you get to have a dinner party and you can invite any three people living or deceased. Who's coming to Nick Colion's dinner party and what's on the menu? Uh, Barack Obama. Cool. Wes Montgomery. Uh-huh. Let's see. I would think Patty LaBelle. Oh, cool. Okay. 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 Now you're going to serve some of Patty's sweet potato pies? At, 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 on, on, That's why Patty coming. Okay. Okay. Patty <laughs> helping to cook, huh? Yeah, Patty coming to cook. <laughs> 
that stuff she be making tastes good. Uh huh. <laughs> uh huh. All right. What else is on that menu, man? Well, I think we'll have you know some like prime rib. There you go. Cake, some asparagus. Uh huh. And some caramel cake. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's a good menu, man. Ice cream. Yeah. No, that'll be enough. I want everybody to keep their weight down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? That's all good, though. That sounds like a good dinner party, man. A lot of good conversation and some good food. <laughs> That'd be fun, man, and good music. So, well, Nick, tell us what else you got going on. What's going on with you in 2022? What's, what can we expect? Well, I got a new record uh, being released Okay. In, um, quarter. I don't know the exact release date. Okay. But uh, I think uh, e- either end of February or 1st of March will be the release date. Oh, and, great. Uh, it's called Just Like That. <laughs> All <laughs> right. It's the name of the CD. And I plan to be out there touring. My tour dates are coming in every day. So okay. that's pretty busy. Good. Yeah. Good. Well, be- man, I want to thank you for taking time to – be on the show today um everybody um look for for mr nick coleon on the road look for that new album to be dropping sometime early in 2022 man and we wish you continued success man appreciate all you do to pour into the lives of young people man and we appreciate you taking the time today well i appreciate you all having me on and Hope somebody gets something out of what i say i'm sure they will (laughs) i'm sure they will man i know i did today i appreciate you brother Uh, All right, man. Have a great one. You too. All right. Happy holidays. Same to you. That's our show for this week. Be sure to check out our website, freshcoastjazz.com, to sign up for our email list so you can stay up on what's going on with contemporary jazz. We'll see you next time on Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage. Backstage.